0: Hello and welcome to Caged In. If This is your first time listening. My name is Petros, and I try and figure out is Nicolas Cage on the nice or naughty list of cinema history. I say that analogy because obviously we're two days away from Christmas, and it's been a it's been a bumper-packed festive treat for you over on Caged In. If you haven't listened already, yesterday uh, I released an episode about the new cage film Jiu Jitsu with James Rodriguez where we give a total spoiler free conversation about that film and let you know whether it's one you need to put in your stocking or leave well away from your tree and tomorrow Christmas Eve you'll get another little Christmas treat in the Must Spectacular where myself and returning guest Liam H. Dempsey of the Fantastic Spotlight Podcast will be talking about two festive films linked by one Charles Dickens story. Of course, we will be talking about Christmas Carol, the movie, the 2001 animated adaptation, as well as Richard Donner's 1988 Scrooged. So please do listen to that. But for today's episode, I was joined by the fantastic illustrator and zine maker Rachel Lee Carter to talk about this strange fan favourite Lynchian body swap erotic thriller. It's, it's a film that needs to be seen to be believed and the film is Between Worlds. In this episode, I asked Rachel, is she a Nicolas Cage fan What was her first and which is her favourite Nicolas Cage movie? As well as trying to score the film by asking three silly but relevant questions. Does he have bad hair? Does he freak out? And does he do a crazy voice? If you haven't seen this film, please do pause the podcast now if you'd like to watch along. You'll be able to find a handy Google Doc in the show notes that will tell you if and where the film is streaming at the moment. It only happens to be the UK and the US. If you are a listener and you are based anywhere in the world, please do let me know and I can update that file. So it's a a nice resource for Nick Cage fans, caged in listeners across the world to kind of go, oh, that's changed from there to there. It's, It's an open source doc so you can add to it you can change it. Or if it's not open source, you can always ask me and I can make it so anyone can change it. If people want to change it for the worst and just say it is on a platform when it isn't, well shame on you. That's not the spirit of Nick Cage. That's not the spirit of Caged In. And that's definitely not the spirit of Christmas. But please do be sure to enjoy this episode and join me at the end where I'll talk about what's coming up next week in the proper full episode and so much more there's only one thing left to do and that's to get raging with cage A mere victim of circumstance or the butt of a cruel cosmic joke, Nicolas Cage plays Joe, a down-on-his-luck trucker who tries to do the right thing and his world spirals out of control from there. I'm of course talking about Between Worlds. I'm joined this week by zine maker and self-confessed Nick Cage fan, Rachel Lee Carter. How are you, Rachel?
1: I'm great, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: It's 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 genuinely my my pleasure. I'm just this wild journey has managed to get me to speak to so many different cage fans in or (laughs) even people who've worked with him in the past stuff like that so it's 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 always I feel humbled anytime someone says yeah I'd love to come talk some Nicolas Cage um (laughs) so before we get into talking about between worlds I always ask my guests three questions the first one seems redundant because yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't You wouldn't uh, publish a zine that is dedicated to Nick Cage unless you were a Nick Cage fan. Yeah, it feels quite redundant to ask you whether you are a Nick Cage fan or not because it's quite evident that you are. Um, Yes. How did how did the zine come about before we before I jump into my other question?
1: Well, um, I'm a big fan of Nick Cage, and um, a little back history. I used to run a blog about. Klaus Kinski Um, and I was planning on um, reviewing all of his watching and reviewing all of his films and interviewing people who worked with him which I was doing and I was very um, happy with it and enjoying it and everything and then this awful story came out about from one of his daughters about how he would sexually abused her. And I thought, oh, I can't do that anymore. So it was just just terrible. So I was looking for someone to replace him. And who could replace Klaus Kinski except Nicolas Cage? So <laughs> um so I start instead of doing a blog, I thought I'd oh, do you, I'd started doing little do that were like doing little drawings and things like that. Uh I'm not very good at, at drawing really. Um, um, yeah. But I thought, oh, I'll do, I'll do a, a zine instead, because I started making zines in between time uh, just for fun. And uh, I thought I'll do a zine instead of a website. So um, I'd just do some drawings and write about Nicolas Cage's films. And that, that's that's how that all started off, really. Um, he was a replacement for this hole in my life, which was um, previously filled by um, Klaus Kinski, <laughs> Um and I know Nicolas Cage has said previously that he kind of saw himself as being like the, the um, um, Californian Klaus Kinski or something. So, um, so it's well, kind of kind of fitting.
0: Well, it makes perfect sense as well that he'd eventually find his way to work with Werner Herzog. Um, I imagine it was a great honour for Nicolas Cage to do that if he kind of sees himself in that lineage. Um <laughs> Uh, but to your zine, like you say, you're not good at drawing. I think you encapsulate like an essence of Nick Cage that is perfect. Like, uh, and I, I've I've actually got it here in front of me. And like, yeah, for the listeners, for someone who says they're not very good at drawing, the 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 the, the illustrations in this are great. They're just kind of, as I said, they encapsulate this kind of cage-like spirit. As I've kind of found with, uh, yeah, even e- even myself, kind of recording as many podcasts as i can as quick as i can in almost like a a cage-like work ethic yeah so yeah my my second question always to anyone Mm. who's on the podcast is what was the first nick cage film you remember seeing
1: um it was raising arizona is the first one i remember seeing um uh but but i hadn't i didn't sort of know nicholas cage was if you know what i mean but um It was later and uh, really, really and truly, um, I mean, I'd seen him in lots of things, but uh, Wild at Heart really uh, took me by storm. And uh, I I love that film, but um, I love loads of other films by Nicolas Cage, of course, but but I think it was that because I'm a very big David Lynch fan. Um, but, but yeah, the first one I, I remember seeing, although I'd actually seen Rumblefish and things, but of course he got mm. a really small role in that. But, you know, the, the first time I remember seeing Nicholas Cage was Raising Arizona, I think.
0: And what would you say is your favourite Nick Cage movie?
1: Oh, good Lord. Now that depends on <laughs> the day because I've got several favourites and, um, um, w- Wild at Heart is one of them and Mandy is another one and Joe is another one and I don't know you know I I like different ones on different days, really but I, I'd say those three are, are three of my very favorites.
0: Those three are fantastic as well you kind of mm. get to see a, a real range of uh, Cage in those ones especially Joe I watched that for the first time recently and it's very
1: good isn't it
0: Wow, what what a what a like I, I keep liking it to everyone I speak to about it. it's kind of the how Adam Sandler got like toted for like Oscars like l- this year. Um it was that kind of role. It was something that was against type, obviously by that time Nicolas Cage had pigeoned himself or like had been pigeonholed as this kind of he'll do anything actor and then yeah. he did this kind of performance out of nowhere. In a fantastic for like all the cast in that movie are like outstanding, but yeah, especially him. Uh yeah. <laughs> and it didn't get a lot of attention, did it? No, that, really? is, that that is that is the thing. That is like I and I I hate to think it's only a theory of mine, that it, it possibly is that kind of that that was the early start of Nicolas Cage becoming the meme that he has like since kind of turned into so i think a lot of people possibly thought oh it's nicholas cage i won't give it the attention it deserves and yeah i will i I will sing that film's praises until Mm. until the bitter end
1: (laughs) yeah because i think like in in my zine that I do um I said in the intro it, it just kind of drives me a bit mad that but people who haven't really seen any of his films or they've maybe seen one or something just say oh he's always in terrible films and okay we know he's done quite a lot of films that <laughs> don't really matter but he always makes them better um but they don't they haven't seen the good films you know so So everybody just writes him off as this weird actor who's who's always shouting or, you know, um, making weird gestures and uh, so on. And all these memes, you know, but but they don't give him a chance and, and actually think about watching some of the other films. They just say he's always in weird films. So that drives me a bit mad, really, that people say, oh, he's terrible. He's a really bad actor. And I just don't think that's true anyway. And um, and I think he's uh, he's not given the right kind of attention, so yeah, sad, isn't it?
0: It's it's massively sad, and especially in that in interviews, he says himself that like he he decides to take these roles, Whether sometimes it may be financially, but mm. I, he hasn't kind of done himself the disservice that kind of a lot of top tier actors tend to do. If you think of your like. Leonardo DiCaprio's, for instance, that will only tend to work with kind of the what are considered the creme de la creme of directors. So like he's pigeon he's pigeoned sell, he's pigeonholed himself in the way that Leonardo DiCaprio can only do a Scorsese or can only do like a that 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 calibre of director film. Whereas Man. Nicolas Cage almost does films directed by people who are fans of his early work which is mm. fantastic like you, and you can see that by a lot of the a lot of the choices and a lot of the roles he does and this one especially i don't understand how it happened but the universe given me a second chance i need your help with my daughter
1: Are you doing here? Without your help, my daughter would be gone now.
0: Try and get some rest. I brought her back. You brought someone back. I missed you, you, you. When you go to the other side, are there other people there?
1: His wife and his daughter, they died in a fire. I missed you.
0: You. Don't you ever leave me alone again. not gonna let it go wrong this time it's great that you mentioned you're a fan of david lynch because it it makes sense why you pick this why you pick this uh film to talk about uh so yeah shall we let's just try and make sense of this kind of hodgepodge of, of of a movie and i say that in like i've just watched this so i'm kind of Still, kind of processing it myself, but what is it that made you pick to talk about uh, Between Worlds?
1: Well, I just looked at the list of films that you um, haven't already reviewed on on the show, and um, and I thought, I it was it was quite an odd one. I I saw it at. Did you go to Cage rama at all? The, the Nicolas Cage Film Festival. No, in I, Glasgow.
0: I, I... I have I've never been I've, I've I've always meant to but um mm-hmm. yeah a lot of a lot of life got in the way <laughs>
1: yeah well um, in um at K-drama 2 I missed the first one I, I didn't know about it in time um but um Kajrama 2 which was um not this January, but the January before, yes. um, they premier- did the UK premiere of this film. there, uh, and, um, they said, Oh, you know, just wait till you see this film. And, uh, they kind of gave an indication that, uh, uh that you kind of thought, is it going to be rubbish or is it <laughs> going to be really good or what's the deal? And, uh, they just kept kind of laughing going, Oh, just wait till you see this film. So I really didn't know what to expect. And, um, i really enjoyed it and um i've watched it uh, i watched it again after the, the film festival so this was the third time i watched it for your show just <laughs> to remind myself of um, bits and pieces about it um and uh sadly it's on a dvd only release it's, the moment um it pro- it's probably available on other platforms but um there's no blu-ray as far as i'm aware and it's kind of a bare bones dvd with no extras and it's only 86 minutes long so it's not you know it's nothing uh it's it's it doesn't take up too much of your time to watch <laughs> it but i couldn't it's one of those films that um that i could, i first of all question whether the director realizes it's funny but she must she must know it's
0: funny. Um well, yeah, because do you Nic- think Nicolas Cage himself says uh, in an interview that like he was going for comedy in this and there's obviously moments in it uh to yeah, to obviously jump into it. There's a there's a moment where he is having sex with a woman who is his new girlfriend's daughter but is somehow possessed by the ghost of his <laughs> His dead wife.
1: If his ex, if his wife is dead, wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I kind of thought it, she must. The director must have written this as something that's funny because Nicolas Cage is having sex with this girl, and she's saying, "I, I read from Memories," and he's got this this poetry book in his hand called Memories, Memories by Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and uh, and he's reading out this kind of um, poetic crazy filthy poetry uh which um at cage of they they had a little um mock-up book of it you Amazing. know so so they had the memories book um <laughs> with with the poetry in it and everything um yeah it's so it must be intentionally funny but and yet he's the only one that's kind of playing it for the laughs isn't he
0: well yeah it's got this thing that like for me at moments it kind of there was certain scenes, and I think one that stood out for me is when the two friends of the daughter come to the hospital. It reminded me of like could have easily been a scene out of The Room. It was very wooden, and they kind of like came in like there's no, not we don't we don't really know who they are. Yeah, but, like the mum just kind of like shouts at them, and it's it's almost like stage-like. Cause they kind of shuffle in like stage right and then kind of like back up again and it's kind of yeah like, what, did what, what did that I, I I don't know what that achieved but then the next moment it's kind of reminding me of like Twin Peaks and that probably is to do with the fact that uh Angelo Badalamente did like the theme for did this the, yeah yeah,
1: so, yeah exactly so,
0: so yeah it's 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 frankly like This was a crazy year for Cage because this was 2018, which, like, from yeah, from research, is the busiest year in his career, like, for output. So he's eight credits for this year. That's one documentary appearance, two animated, and five feature films. Even on feature films alone, that's like, that is his like top top tier, like the amount he's put out, and it's, it's absolutely insane they, i don't know it's so this <laughs> this movie is like go, going into my notes here like 18 minutes in i was like a lot has happened a lot has happened in 18 minutes like it kind of hits the ground running doesn't it like there's no like, yeah there's there's no chance for you to like go oh like what's going on because like this is happening whether you like it or not like it's, yeah <laughs>
1: as soon as he turns up in his snake skin boots and uh, rocks up at that, um, that service station, um, gas station, whatever you want to call it, it, it all starts happening straight away. Um, yeah. And there he is sort of looking a bit chunky, dirty looking with his um, greasy lank hair and his baseball cap and tons of rings that look like knuckle dusters. Cause he's got so many of them on sort, sort of swigging from a, hip flask and chomping on no drowsy tablets um and and you know walking around the, i'm pretty sure he was um when he was in the um in the shop there he was he was eating some kind of like i don't know i want to say sausage roll but there probably wasn't a sausage roll but he's walking around and he's reading he looks Like he's reading a a magazine about um, about buying properties or something, I don't know. And um, it's all it all seems like a little bit of a joke. And um, so the the story is that this woman who he meets, Julie, um, had some kind of accident when she was young, where she was submerged under icy water and uh, nearly died, and as a result, found out that she could go out of her body into into a into the between world as as they call it and uh and since then you know she's putting her skills to use because her daughter's currently in a coma after a nasty bike accident and um and she's being throttled by some guy (laughs) in the why she said that is a friend of hers and she asked them to do it, but why they've met in in the toilets of a yeah of a I, gas station, I don't know. I, I, um, I didn't
0: get that. And it like for me, her kind of like power, like to, like within the first half hour I was thinking, Oh, this is this is essentially like flatliner's light, but like kind of merged with like an erotic thriller. It's like if <laughs> if, if, if if Joel Schumacher's yeah flatliners was like let should we make should we make flatliners sexy because like (laughs) that's kind of that's kind of what this what this movie does but like
1: yeah there's some kind of auto erotic thing going on there there's
0: there's that there's and there's a lot of there's a lot of sex in this film and like there is (laughs) yeah
1: like frantic and and it's kind of like as soon as he goes home with her he's only just met her he's um she's then subsequently because he's kind of beaten up this guy that he thought was beating her up or trying to kill her or something she's like you need to help me because um you know my daughter's lapsed back into her coma and I need you to throttle me now so you need to help me (laughs) so he's kind of reluctantly does and um and then goes home with her and within about two minutes or something they're um making out in a whirlwind of outshaped flesh and tattoos on the settee and it's all it's all really rather um <laughs> animalistic
0: well yeah <laughs> everything happens like so quickly in this film and it like it makes me like question his like just willingness to say yes and he just goes with everything straight away all all the way throughout this movie and like he does
1: and and at the same time he's saying to her oh you know i've never been he 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 explains because because it's that you you know that this is a crazy film anyway because when she says have you got children of your own and he's like have i got a family yeah i've got a wife and a, a daughter shows her the picture. Do you like it? Yeah, she says. And he says, oops, they're dead. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, sorry to hear that. And uh, <laughs> <it's, yeah. laughs> you, don't, you just don't know what he just kind of he says to her, what, what has this all got to do with getting strangled? But he just, just, you know, he goes along with it. He takes her to the hospital. He waits with her. He goes in and sees her daughter, and, you know, even if he'd felt some kind of responsibility for the fact that he'd disturbed her being throttled by this guy, the fact that he stays in the hospital and says he's going to stay awake to let her know when her daughter comes out of the coma, and he's supposed to be going on this job, um, taking this load over to Biloxi or wherever he's going, and, um, and he just stays there with her and goes in and sees her daughter, and it's when the daughter sees him um, that she kind of um, goes back into a into a coma and that's when his dead wife the spirit of his dead wife goes into this girl's body so she's no longer Julie's daughter Billy she's now Joe's wife Mary in Billy's young body and um yeah'
0: it's- it's a very bizarre. Co- it's quite similar. There's a David DaCosta film um, that has a very similar premise. I can't um, can't quite remember the name if I do remember, but that has a premise where a daughter and a wife like die at the beginning, but the 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 like consciousness of the wife is transferred into the daughter's body. So it's essentially a a story of like, is is incest okay if it's your wife's <laughs> consciousness in your daughter's body? The film in question is the Vincent Perez 2007 film, The Secret. And this kind of plays in the same sandbox of just like, he, he kind of gets himself in this weird yeah. love, love triangle that, that he doesn't seem to resist. Even before... Uh, Even
1: before he knows that it's his ex-wife in Billy's body... When she's fiddling around with him under the blanket on the settee, he doesn't he, he looks uncomfortable but he does not try and stop her. <laughs>
0: well, there's that and like I, I just kept thinking there is a shot from um uh, is it J, J, Yeah, it's Jane? Julie. Julie, sorry, yeah, yeah, Julie's Julie's perspective. the mum, yeah. yeah. From Julie's perspective, and you can see the you could see the blanket moving up and down. And I was like Yeah obviously she would be able to see what's going on like she's she's not even she's not even two, not even two meters away he, and like, yeah. it's still, and it's like, she's asking
1: for a hand with cooking the dinner she's a couple of feet away and uh, her daughter's saying like oh i don't feel very well i'm just gonna sit here and and he's like um shall i come and help and um she says no you're all right and uh, so he just sits there with her daughter Feeling him up underneath
0: the blanket. We get so many like odd sequences as well that are kind of like. Well, one of them that I have written down is well we get this. Goo, like, I've written down as the goo goo ice scene where the. Where, oh yeah. Where, where <laughs> Julie's. She she's she's explaining that oh that like kind of explaining a bit of her daughter, which kind of makes it seem like the film itself is giving giving license to some of the stuff that's coming because like. Oh, th- watch my daughter she will she will give you like she, she'll she'll try she'll ten. try it on with yeah yeah, yeah. she'll give you goo goo eyes and just we get this we get this amazing cage moment where he just like because he's sat there stoned having a couple of puffs on his. yeah joint. they've been
1: smoking dope haven't they <laughs> yeah and uh, and they're just yeah. laughing their heads off at goo goo eyes aren't they it's um, they just keep repeating it, "goo goo eyes," <laughs> and um, and then he says to, him, "Where am I going to be sleeping?" And she yeah. says, "On the couch." And he's like, "Ouch, that hurts."
0: <laughs> well, the, and and then and then it leads to, again, just just another bizarre moment of them of them having sex again, and he's qu- he's quoting, "The Exorcist." He's quoting the scene where Linda. <laughs> Like crucifix, and like he's not only just quoting the scene; he's asking her, "Have you seen The Exorcist? Do you remember this scene?" So, yeah, the audience, like giving the audience like chance to catch up and go, "Oh yeah, I do remember that scene." Yeah, talking about it during sex.
1: Yeah, and and there's Billy, the daughter, watching them having sex on the settee. Um yeah it's um it's very strange but of course you know we we're, we're kind of beginning to wonder is it is what because she's hinted she has put hints out there you know i don't like being left on my own which apparently is what mary joe's wife mm. um his his dead wife had been saying to him before she died like don't leave me at home alone because i don't like being alone and and stuff so she starts um, without knowing, well, she does because it's apparently Mary's spirit in the body. But she just starts saying things to him that he, he's a bit aghast, and uh, he, she does indicate to him that she she's known him a long time, and he just looks like I, I don't know what you're going on about. And um, but there she is, and and so basically, Billy's in the room, and it's not Billy, but it is the the dead wife, Mary, standing there watching her husband having um, exorcist sex with um, <laughs> with Julie on the city.
0: <laughs> well, like, I'm not sure if I missed this in, in the film, but are we told how long his wife and daughter have been dead for? Like, is this, is this a two, recent...
1: Two years, yeah, two... so it's, it's two years, yeah. But um, because I, I, I think that the idea is that, um, that his wife... Uh, Because it turns out, of course, that you know, know, spoiler, but she's seeking revenge, you know, by going into Billy's body that she's been hanging around. Because there's a there's a point where the nurse turns up later. So the nurse that's in the hospital and has um, uh, brought Billy back around from her coma. Um, meets up with julie and says like you've you know you've been interfering in things that you shouldn't have been and it gives an indication that she is also capable of doing this or she knows about this this process of um going in the between world and pulling people back into back onto earth away from the deadly world and um and she uh she talks to her about it um so she indicates that um for people that have had a a difficult death or um, a traumatic death that they find it quite hard to to move on to go to to leave this world and to leave the between world and to kind of rest in peace as such so she's she's kind of indicated that um sometimes people like that hang around um because they don't want to they don't want to go, and so so that's the idea that this woman has been dead for two years, but she decides to go into this teenage girl's body um to tie up loose ends with Joe. That's that's my guess. Yeah, 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 but what's yeah, going on? No, no, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I I I kind of like I, I was left at the end of it. I, I was left at the end of it very confused. Like, and I'm sure we'll get to. Uh, the the final final scene of this film kind of like um left left me confused in many a way but I was just like a lot of it I was confused at it's like what what revenge was she seeking for because from from what we hear he kind of just because he was a trucker he was yeah yeah. (laughs) it's kind of the thing like she knew what she was getting into and like there's there's kind of like this moment that because it the the it really goes off the rails I think when eventually like Billy and Joe, well b- b- uh, yeah m- 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 Mary Billy um and Joe go go to like seek their old life and we see like we well we see both their old house how it how it used to look slightly and yeah they're just in this burnt out husk of a house and by then it's yeah. like. This, is re- this has really got bizarre, like yeah,
1: well, it kind of gets a bit bizarre before they do that, and mm-hmm. because in that suddenly, um, you know, you can tell that there's there's a point where you know, you as a viewer, you're thinking, Mary's in charge here, she's mm-hmm. very manipulative, and she's taking over, and she started to make Joe do things that he doesn't want to do but he's not currently objecting to them um, because at, at the point where Mary Billy, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> suggests to him that they go round to, to to Billy's uh, boyfriend's place. So there's uh, Mike and Rick, the two dopey dope dealers. They go round there because for some reason they need some money. I don't know what for. Um, so they uh, they go off in a in a car and she goes to see these two guys shows up opens the back door and lets Joe in and Joe and um, Joe has to knock them out but of course he you know he, he knocks out Rick which one's which she he knocks out I I think Mike's Mike's the I think Mike's her boyfriend so he knocks out Mike with a, a baseball bat or something and um, he ends up sort of accidentally shooting Rick because Rick pulls a gun on him so in self-defense he, he ends up shooting shooting Rick and he's like we should get an ambulance because he might still be alive and she's like come on we're going home so she won't listen to it it's like you know you you're doing what I say so they head off and she just doesn't give a damn that this guy might be dead and and that the other guy that's been knocked out actually might be yeah. dead too um she she doesn't care and she doesn't care about the mom she's already knocked her out and she could be dead but you know so they so before that it's all starting to go crazy and they go to this um as you say it's like a burnt out husk of a house and um she doesn't seem to care um he's like we've got a chance to try again you know to make things right but but she doesn't care she you can tell that she's she's really quite manipulative and vindictive and everything and that that perhaps it's not you know what he thinks so he was having what looked like a fun relationship with julie you know didn't seem to be doing very much apart from drinking and having sex and smoking drugs but at least he was having a nice time and suddenly mary billy comes between them and uh and ruins that relationship and uh and um you know he he explains it because of course he gets caught in the act um
0: when yeah which is like well but i think proceeding to that we get this amazing like you don't see them enough. A like a a double dream sequence, a nice little yes. play, a nice little fake out yeah. dream, dream sequence where we get we get Nicolas Cage spraying um, Billy down with a hose in yeah. this kind of and like oh I, I I briefly want to talk about the way he's dressed in this film because
1: from oh my see, god yeah
0: from <laughs> seeing like footage and photos of him in real life this doesn't seem like too much of a stretch from the Nicolas Cage like wardrobe even down to the rings and like I think yeah if, if you swapped out the um trucker cap for like some kind of cowboy
1: hat, cowboy or hat
0: yeah you, you're you're on the money and like yeah he like it looks like that
1: alligator t-shirt I read oh. somewhere <laughs> that he said that he wanted to wear that because he felt that his character would like that alligator shirt. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he insisted that his character would wear an alligator T-shirt, so he did. Um, at one point, he's got black leather trousers on.
0: Yep, perfect. Uh,
1: <laughs> typical Nicolas Cage fare, cowboy
0: boots. And of course... um after yeah after we get this scene we get like it turns out it's julie's dream and then and then we're like oh oh, it's all right and then it gets even like you're like oh she then yeah because she walks in
1: but she sees him she goes and checks on them doesn't she because she's like oh is something going off between them two because she's been having this dream where she catches them making out and then she walks in and checks and he's fast asleep on the settee there but he's having a dream about Billy, isn't
0: he? Yeah, it's, it's 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 like for a film that is eighty-six minutes. Like I would say, a good twenty, if not more, is just sex scenes. Like I cannot stress that. Enough. Not that I'm a prude, and that is like that. Like yeah. oh, like oh, but like there's there's so much more story but and the, avenue. They're not
1: can... sexy sex scenes no, at all, no, are no, no, they? No,
0: no, it's no. just like like um a lot of I, I, I don't. No, like thrusting. <laughs> well, I've, I've been looking on IMDb, and uh, I love to look at what people obviously write about films. I, like I try and not look too much because it can sometimes depress me. But uh, yeah, a lot of them. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pick one out just because I've read some great ones. Uh, there is, yeah, a lot of them are really against the sex in this film. So so this one is uh, a, a one out of 10 and the headline of this uh, review is Yikes! With an exclamation mark. So this be <laughs> Yikes! Um, this has got to be the worst Nicolas Cage movie I've ever yeah. seen. So, <laughs> so bad. Not a single good thing about this movie. He's just gross the whole way through. So many disgusting sex scenes. Nobody (laughs) wants to see that. I kept hoping something would happen to redeem this movie, but it never happened. Don't waste your time or money. Fortunately, it was free rental. So only thing I wasted was my time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what? The sex scenes, there was one. do, Do you see there was one sex scene with him and Billy? And he still had his underpants
0: on. Yeah, there was there was a few there, well there was a few continuity errors like um yeah, like there was a, there was a, there, there was there was another one where a bra came off and I think it was the first sex scene with Julia, bra came off and then was back on and then again <laughs> and back on like and I just thought maybe I didn't
1: notice that, but um but yeah I can believe it. Um yeah. I, I, I they it... didn't care about the shape of the bodies or anything either, did they? Because it's fair to say Nicholas Cage was like, he'd piled on the pounds a little bit. Um, he must have been comfort eating or something at the time. So he got he got a pot belly on him and he didn't seem to care about that. But um, the same with, um, I don't know how you say her name, but, you know, um, Franca Potente. I don't know how yes. you say it. Yes, yes. Um, she, she also didn't look at her best, you know. Um, And again, there was no. But then that kind of appealed to me because it was like these are normal, well, I say normal people. They're not normal (laughs) at all, really. But but you know what I mean? It was not um, it was not glamorized in any way. And, you know, so there was that about it. Uh, um, I suppose Billy was supposed to be quite um, young and sexy. uh, And yet she was walking around in um, a T-shirt with no bra and uh, so t- clingy t-shirts, and uh, but she kind of had wonky breasts, and she constantly <laughs> had erect nipples. So one of the nipples was about four inches higher than the other.
0: <laughs> that is that is actually one um, thing I have but, in my notes. Yes, yeah,
1: so it was. Yeah,
0: it's just nipples in the caps because
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty
0: sure uh, Penelope Miller pretty much like I've never seen someone before act with their nipples so much in a film uh and i, I went that I is went that is
1: very true
0: i went throughout this whole film as well um thinking that penelope miller was in uh, happy death day and happy death day to you and then to realize it's another actress entirely uh oh uh, but they look the spitting image of each other and i was like no it can't it can't not be her and i was like i don't know it's her." Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, do, do, yeah, do... maybe. Hmm. No, no. It's yeah. a, it is a different actress. Yeah, but uh, Penelope yeah, she Miller... said this
1: one was in Hellboy or something, wasn't yes. she? Yes. I, I've not seen it, but yeah, this this Penelope Mitchell, she's in um, Hellboy, uh, um, and um, I mean, in terms of the, the acting, I mean, she—I didn't think she was bad. She was playing a stroppy teen, um, so she was quite good at it, and she was quite good at being vindictive. But the one who I really did not rate at all, and luckily she didn't have much of a role anyway, was the real Mary, um, played by Lydia Hurst.
0: Yes, Um, yes. um...
1: I thought she was appalling. She didn't have much to do, but when she did it, it was just like, oh, my God, you're the worst actress I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) Well, my, my thing possibly, like, my only theory on that is they did look. They they kind of had like an uncanniness to them that they looked cl- like close enough alike, but further enough away, mm. in that like you could see to the see con-
1: the difference between them.
0: Yeah. Yes, but like, but then when you see Mary, it's just another thing I don't I didn't quite understand about this film is that obviously Mary does look like Billy, like uh, uh, when we see her. So I'm not sure why. Like uh, Joe wasn't freaked out in any way that like she she looked I like guess, her as well like
1: but not not too much I mean like there was some kind of resemblance but not too much but I think um, you know so the the slight resemblance between them and then the fact that she started saying things that Mary yes, had said yes. was obviously freaking him out a bit um, but it was only when she was Clear with him that, you know, she started saying stuff like, "I know all about you," you know, "I know that your dad used to beat you up," which kind of crops up later, and I don't really get this. And I, I oddly, I don't remember seeing this scene before. And this, this is the this was the third time I'd seen the film, and it's right at the end when there's a flashback to when Joe was a kid and his dad was bullying him and his mom. Yes. And he shoots him. And we didn't know that he'd done that before, but I I didn't know what that was saying in terms of um because how Mary had explained that Mary, sorry, Julie had explained that she kinda she ends up um sort of giving up her life for her daughter. Yes. Uh, so so horrible Mary Billy shoots the mum. But in a way I I kind of felt like that she didn't mind that because it was a way for her daughter to get her life back uh, and her the spirit back in the body. So it, um, Billy is no longer Mary, but she's, she's now Billy and she gets to live on. So I didn't kind of think that Julie would have minded too much other than that she lost her life. (laughs) But at, at, at the same time, um, I can't remember where I was going with that point. Yeah, so so Julie knows that um, if she if she dies, you know, if she goes out of her body, she can bring back uh, Billy. But I didn't know what this um, Joe shooting his dad was saying,
0: I, I and like, what
1: what if that had any relevance to the
0: story at all? Well, yeah, I felt closure at the end of the film. It kind of it kind of made sense. I didn't quite understand. Well, maybe like. Because he had the longingness to be with his family that Joe, in like a a fantastic scene just to watch because just how batshit crazy oh my God, it is yeah. of, of yeah. him uh, dousing himself in petrol. And, and then... the leader
1: with the packs playing for yeah. some unknown reason. Yeah, we get... Yeah, he's got a jack-in-the-box in his hand <laughs> covering himself in petrol
0: and, Lights a cigarette. and putting a
1: cigarette out on his yeah. chest.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's and we get this amazing c g i flames that like yeah, you could see as uh no expenses spared, but like that scene, yeah, the scene it it kinda it felt cheap to me that scene because it's like this hasn't given us any closure as to like
1: but in that... a way, did it because um because Mary had set fire to the house. And this was the thing is that she reveals to him because she's she's a real she's a real bitch, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So in Billy's body, there she is saying, you know, "I, I, I didn't mean for the house to burn down. You know, I killed our daughter because you know she's basically explaining that she wanted to cause him pain because he'd go off in his truck for three days you know and she didn't like being on her own she was obviously crazy so she killed the daughter she wanted him to come back and find them so she hadn't intended really to set fire to the house but she'd been smoking or something and um, a cigarette had at- the yeah, house yeah. had gone up in flames and she had planned for him to actually find them and so that it would cause him great pain for having left them just to go out and earn money to pay as he says pay the mortgage and um you know pay the bills and everything she couldn't understand that that he was only doing what he needed to do and that he didn't actually want to be away um he he was doing it for sensible reasons but um so in a way him setting fire to uh, causing a fire again in the house setting fire to himself and he starting seeing the spirit of his five-year-old daughter walking around and he's and he's going oh it's a br- it's brilliant moment and um you know with the jack in the box and that uh, he's yeah, like yeah. let's let's go and play and then he's going Sarah Sarah and then he he just carries on saying it and his mouth is no longer moving but the words are coming out of his mouth constantly and it was just like I think we were all peeing ourselves laughing (laughs) in the cinema when we saw that um it was just amazing so I think in a way it although it's not kind of a, a, a a brilliant closure it was like a Mary set fire to the house and herself and her and her already dead daughter that she, she'd killed, burnt to death. And um, and he's doing the same thing, setting fire to himself. And uh, he can join his daughter, um, I don't know, and his dead dad. And I don't know where his mum is, but, you know.
0: Well, yeah, no, no, um, that's what I mean. Like, the, the ending where it is with that, with him, him dying, the kind of, like, Billy gets to like lead lead her new life with her boyfriend or whatever yeah. she may do. is a good ending, but then it kind of like it, it's like a band have finished and nobody's clapping, but they're like we're just gonna do an encore anyway. And that's what you get with this like tacked on scene. It's like it's giving, yeah, it's giving me nothing more. Like I didn't yeah. need, I didn't need this, and it is no. adding nothing to the. And and it apart. just confused me yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that
1: it was like how how what does this mean what what does it mean like what the fact that joe killed his dad who was clearly you know there was lots of physical and mental abuse going off in mm. his family um the fact that he killed his dad what what does that, that
0: mean you know i yeah i don't i don't quite i don't quite get it. the only kind of explanation i can seem to think about is whether it was the director because obviously yeah the director of this movie um maria pulera wrote directed and produced this movie so obviously her fingerprints are all over it and as we've discussed there's very much this trying to to tap into the vein of david lynch and especially twin peaks and it just felt like i don't know i, I i'd imagine it, it it was her who either put that back in as you said you you don't remember seeing it before yeah to...
1: I, I mean i i usually have quite a good memory for these things and of course like the first time i saw it was only a year and a few months ago and then i saw it again after that so probably about a year ago and i've watched it again and i do not remember seeing this scene before i don't i don't know
0: well I could have easily yeah. have missed it. I, I I I was ready to like um I watch it on Netflix. I was ready Yeah, cuz you like, kind
1: of thought the credits were going to come up at that point,
0: didn't you? Yeah, and it's only cuz you hear like voices in the black. I'm like, "Hey, hang on a minute." And then yeah. like I I had to rewind as well cuz obviously the to me the film had ended. So I think maybe I'd like checked my phone or something like that. I had mm. to rewind to see if there was some kind of like postscript to say like I don't know, like X amount of years earlier or just to kind of give that scene some context. But obviously, apart from the name Joe, then then it kind of like had me thinking like, or oh, maybe like this is, I don't know, has the whole film been like a thing inside of his mind? Is this, hip, it gave me like, the the feelings that you would like say the end of yeah the end of twin peaks the return where it's like that 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 kind of thing where it's like where are they playing are we playing with dreams yeah. within dreams when, or, or yeah like, when is this yes yes exactly that like <laughs> like that that kind of ending moment on that but but it
1: like, but it didn't play it well enough for you to kind of think no not oh. at all
0: no 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 not at all it was just no. like it was it was like the film's only eight. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's only eighty-five minutes. Eight, yeah, let's yeah. let's tack on this minute-long scene, or if that, on the end to kind of bump it up for the DVD. But it it felt like I a, del- a I don't know a deleted scene that didn't need to be there, or just yeah yeah it it,
1: yeah oh. uh, yeah. It's almost like they kind of forgot. They thought like, oh, we'll cut this out. We won't keep it in because, in terms of backstory, there's there's not a lot of backstory. There's you not- do <laughs> right at the beginning, you see you see this this girl or two girls underneath the uh, icy uh, you know a, a lake that's iced over, and they've they've obviously fallen in this lake. And at first, you don't know what that is. Guy um, is kind of creepy, like floating around under water and um, not being able to get out. But that's it, isn't it, in terms of backstory. But within we, ten because...
0: minutes we get exposition that explains yes. that scene to yeah. us. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if if we had got that scene at the start as well and yeah. then and then had kind of like Yeah heard Cause... about Joe's like then heard oh like his wife Yeah, well like Mary saying to him about like Oh, like I know, I like I know everything about you. Then it would be like, oh, that's kind of like, oh, like, well, we know she's got a lot to. We would kind of understand the hold over him that she has more, yeah. as opposed to. But then, I don't know. I'd but, imagine, but if, she
1: does say. So the Mary Billy character does say, you know, I I know all about you, and I know your dad used to, to used to beat you, and okay that kind of um oh um what do they call it um a a delay but it's like we don't need to actually see that you know you've you've indicated that his dad used to beat him which it's kind of like perhaps that you know that would have passed it would have passed as a I'm proving to you that I know about you because I'm telling you that you know you you, you used to say that your dad used to beat you, I am Mary, I know you, which is Billy trying to convince him that she's Mary and, uh, in Billy's body. We didn't actually need to see this yep. past story, and especially at that point at, right at the end. So I, I'm, I'm really not sure, and that's the only thing that bothers me about the film, <laughs> I have to say.
0: To so kind of start to wrap things up, obviously this film critically... Is like, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes now and has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. But this is obviously some kind of fan favourite because yeah. it's a 85 audience score, which I guess people must have tapped into kind of the, the gonzo-esque nature of this film and the, the inten- intentional or unintentional comedy vein yeah. that's running very much through it and like saying yeah. about veins like we get probably um, the best the best kind of analogy for Neat for going to the toilet ever when uh, Nick Cage says oh, I just gotta go drain the main vein baby and he just yeah. like <laughs>
1: he just throws stuff in like that doesn't he and it's like when, yeah. when um, uh, Julie says to him do you want a beer and he says uh, does the tin man have a sheet metal cock yeah. you know <laughs> you just but part of me just wonders, is this in the script or is this Nicholas Cage? Cause we all know what he's like, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and the, the, the things that he does, like when he slaps uh, Julie on the backside and shouts giddy up and, you know, <laughs> uh, all these little cagey moments in it that uh, I was hoping that there was going to be a uh, making of thing. And the weird thing was, I don't know, cause I don't know how you saw this. I, I've, got the dvd of it and uh, in the credits at the end it says behind the scenes by patrick sean green so it indicates that there's a behind the scenes film but there isn't one on the dvd
0: oh interesting well i watched and it i on... was
1: i was wanting to find out a bit more about it because uh, when when i was at the um um K-drama, uh, the director was supposed to be attending but i think she was ill and uh, or uh, otherwise pre, um, unavailable in some way so she couldn't be there so we couldn't really do a q a Q&A with her and i was really hoping that that we would be able to ask questions and so on but um i i would really love to know how much was cage how much was the script and where did that poetry come from the, yes, the memories thing and
0: i've looked i've looked at the Online and there's kind of not that much about her. Even like in regards to like IMDb pages, very scant. It just has her like credits. That's it. There's no like background. There's no Wikipedia page like accredited to her. Like this is her second um directorial like effort. Apart yeah. the, apart from a film called Falsely Accused, which even that like uh, the synopsis of that is. Shelley needs to catch a killer in order to prove her innocence in her brother's murder. Along the way, she meets love, sorrow, and persecution—a de- a journey of self-perception as she finally realizes her destiny. Which, mm. like, it sounds like she's like doing interesting things. And what, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. there is, there, there is, there is a kind of. There is something in there, and it's yeah. I'd, I I I would love You'd to. You'd like know to as know well. what
1: her intentions were. Like, yes, I guess. was that was that exactly how she wanted the film to be? Was it supposed to be funny? Um, was Nicolas Cage making it more funny than it was supposed to be, or you know, was it all scripted and it's, you know?
0: It, it's something like. Unfortunately, I, I do worry now. Like, especially when a film like this kind of gains the momentum in kind of being like uh like a late night cult hit for its like humor in the in the same way of like the room and like retrospectively it's it's very it's very easy for directors and the, all those involved to kind of say like oh no the the comedy's intentional very much as Tommy Wiseau does or even um yeah. Neil LaBute the director of the wicker man remake he said, Oh no, we intended it to be like a, a, a comedy and it's like No, you just like like you failed at making a horror film but the cards were stacked against you because you were dealing with oh, I such don't a know. Fuck. That was
1: surely that was funny when um Nicolas Cage um kicks that um that woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that it <laughs> I is, mean that it was is, hilarious. It is funny. I just I just don't think that they like intended to make it funny i just think like it was like it was funny by by the ludicrousness of it as opposed to like
1: they should have just called it something else yeah and said inspired by wicker man or something i don't know but yeah as we've seen
0: in the last year we had midsummer which is very much uh wick uh, uh yeah wicker man but in the scandi in, yeah, in, in that Sweden. was very good though, wasn't oh, it? It's fa- fantastic. Yeah, and I could talk about yeah. that film all night as well. But um this, yeah, um before I let you go, I always yeah. I always always end with uh three three questions and um the three questions are I kinda of use them to rate the Nicholas Cage films. I'm I'm yet to find out what they actually tell me, and maybe one day I will once I've watched them all. But, uh, <laughs> the the first question is always. Does Nick Cage have bad hair in this movie?
1: Oh my god, yeah. Um in this movie it it looks like it's his own hair though, for once. <laughs> um it's it's lank and greasy, but I think he's doing that for the character and um and he's wearing a, a baseball cap and I, I guess it's uh, uh it's covering it up for the most part. Um yeah, uh yeah, he does have bad hair in this film, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and uh the next question is does Cage have a weird voice? Does he do anything crazy? Obviously he's known for he's known for going out there with his voice at times, whether that be Vampire's Kiss or like, um, trespass, oh my god, if you've ever seen or, that, that's a, that's, that's a voice and a half.
1: <laughs> and then, and, and, and what's it called? Is it called Never on a Tuesday or something like that? Have you seen that one where he makes yes. a guest appearance? Yes, and I, he's I'm... got that incredibly high pitched voice. And, um, uh, uh, when Peggy Sue got married and all of that, yeah, no, he's not got um, uh, the funny voice <laughs> in that way, but he does do some of his cageisms where you know as I, as I said before, where um he says, "Oops, they're yes. dead, you know um and and he does you know some of the things he says are are what I would see as cageisms, but whether they're written for him or whether he he makes them up himself but <laughs> um but no, he doesn't particularly put on a funny voice in this one, does he no. I don't think I don't think anyway
0: and the final question I always uh, ask is, do we get a classic cage freak out in any way? Do we get do we do we get what people like? A lot of people now tune in to to see Cage do, as it were.
1: No, not really. Um, I I don't think so actually. Um, as I say, there there are some good Cage moments in in that it's hilarious when he when he does some of his crazy gestures and um and uh, some of the the things he says, some of some of his uh some of his dialogue is quite amusing. Um my 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 favourite well one of my <laughs> one of the funniest moments is when he comes into the kitchen after uh Julie's caught him in bed with Billy and uh and he's like he doesn't say sorry, he's just like you don't understand. It's Mary <laughs> and he's there with his um um is it an alligator or a crocodile t-shirt? Is an alligator? Alligator t-shirt anyway. And uh and some kind of um animal print underpants. <laughs> <laughs> when she says, like, put your trousers on, you're disgusting, or something like that. And he's like, Oh, you what what makes you say that? Or something, you know, along those lines. And there he is, just, just stood there in the garden in in his in his pants. Um, but no, there's no major freakouts in it really, are there? I no, mean the, I the, good, the 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 thing is the Chucking the gasoline all over himself and setting him fire to himself, but it's not a cage freak out.
0: Well, for a film that is just, it is so nuts and like, it's so heightened, it's, we do get a restrained somewhat mm. cage, like, probably because most of the time he spent like, having sex in this film uh <laughs> having sex
1: in the film and you really do have to suspend your disbelief because um you know that the whole storyline is just crazy yeah <laughs> that that um that these people have um you know one girl's left her body and uh a, a dead wife has entered the body and is walking around the earth um you know um <laughs> Behaving as such, but she's got, yeah, it's like one of those body switch films, isn't it? Um, yeah. Freaky, yeah. Fr- fre- freaky, freaky Friday. Yeah,
0: Freaky Cage Day. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, like... Freaky <laughs> freaky Cage Day. Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah, so, uh, an stuff. older lady, not old, because she wasn't old, but an yeah. older lady in a teenager's body, you know. Um, well, before yeah. I let
0: you go, there's like a couple of weird facts about this film that I found out. That oh, good. This is the third film that Cage has done that's. Uh, set in or filmed in Mobile, Alabama. The first being uh, Rage or Tokarev, I think, depending on people... Whatever you uh,
1: call it. Wherever you live.
0: And uh, the USS Indianapolis Men of Courage being the second. And Ah. whilst, like, after this came out, uh, Cage, like, there's brilliant footage of him online wearing a cowboy hat and kind of swaggering around... And he's like accosted by the mayor of Mobile, Alabama, who presents him like not in some grand ceremony. It does seem kind of again like he's doorstepping him. Um, he presents him with a key to the city. Actor Nicolas Cage certainly does seem happy to be in the city of Mobile. He must like it here. He keeps coming back. And now he's being honored by the mayor. But whether you're making movies or not, I've got a key to the city here for you. Please. And that key will get it to any door that you want to get in. You need that. I think you to get in anywhere in you want it Good Thank you. And I just want to say, uh, Mayor Stimson, that uh, this is my third movie here. And uh, each and every time I've been in Mobile, I've been welcomed with great hospitality and friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like, and, and he kind of has this bizarre speech where the, the mayor's like being like, well, obviously, like, we, we, know, we know you wouldn't be, like, turned away from any door in Mobile, Alabama because uh, you're Nicolas Cage, but, like, here's a key to the city anyway, which will grant <laughs> to any door. And it's like, okay, like, it's a very, like, and it's like, had the mayor or anyone in his team watched this movie? Like, because, <laughs> I d- I'd, like, I think there's one mention of Mobile, Alabama, but, like, it's not really, like, it's not a tourist video for the for, for the city and it's it's quite a bizarre film as well like in, in, yeah in, in some of the best ways
1: um i'm gonna have to look out for that video you might, I, you might send me a link eh? <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, i will definitely send you a link and i will post it in the show notes to this episode yeah. as well for people listening at home um and this is by my recollection the most common name of mm. character that Nicholas Cage yeah. has ever played so the first being a- wind talkers and then uh bangkok dangerous yep of, of course joe, joe of 2013 yeah. and it looks like well it's certain that yeah. soon we'll be getting a th- <gasps> time i cannot wait <laughs> that nicholas cage is 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 a joe again joe. obviously
1: playing yeah
0: Static. yeah yeah what what are your thoughts yeah. on that before i let you go
1: Oh, I cannot wait to see it. I love that program. Um, it was just, you can see why you'd want to do it because there's so much to go on there. And I can imagine him doing that voice. Uh, I could see it straight away and I can see him like doing his hair like that. It, I think he'll go all out for it. And he would love to hang out with the wild cats
0: because uh,
1: he, he's crazy about cats, isn't he? And, uh uh, yeah, I, d- I just think he'd love to do it. And uh, there's so much for him to to go on there because uh, uh, Joe Exotic is a larger-than-life character and the story is amazing yeah. in and of itself. So goodness knows what they're going to do with, with a TV series. Um, yeah, I, I, I cannot wait.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, before I let you go, Rachel, um, yeah, if anyone wants to keep up to date with what you're doing in regard to zines and stuff like that where's the best place for people to find you
1: well um i'm on twitter and um my uh twitter handle if that's what you call it is at tiny noggin which is t-i-n-y-n-o-g-i-n and um i i've um currently got um it's the the zine that you've read nick cage actor for hire it's number one of a series and uh in the first issue um there are i think seven films that i've reviewed and drawn pictures from and uh that's available in my etsy store and um, my etsy store is um also called tiny noggin so you can find me on them and just uh um google nick cage actor for hire and i should be doing a second one in that series um shortly uh just because i've been a bit lax on that side <laughs> i have been doing drawings and um but it's just get getting enough together to for the next issue but i really should because um People have been mentioning it again mm-hmm. recently <laughs> and, uh, and I felt bad that I've, I've not done it. So, um, so I need to crack on and do some more because as I wait, because the idea being that I review all of his films or write about all of his films, it he, he just keeps making more and more all the time. So if I, even if I just do seven an issue, by the time I've done another issue, we have done another seven films, uh, although lockdown might hinder him a little bit, but you know, um there's there's so many in production or um in post-production or what have you that um each time you write about film another one's replaced it that's for sure so you must find that with your with your podcast
0: well yeah we're 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 looking at like just this year alone there is four films that are in post-production one of them says Mm. filming but a lot of like um um articles and that do, do, do you say it's finished which is like mm. uh, I, I think that,
1: the perhaps the yeah the
0: third part in a mood trilogy which is wally's wonderland the title of this film has now changed to Willy's wonderland which i think is going to be a fantastic Nicolas cage film i'd
1: like to see that yeah <laughs> well I like i'd like to see all of them as you know <laughs> but you know um but yeah i am looking forward to it um oh
0: amazing yeah. well rachel i'll let you get on with your evening and it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure having you thank on the you podcast. so much no worries. thank you for having me on perfect perfect Thanks thank so you between worlds is definitely a strange and bizarre experience and if you at home have experienced this film and want to chip in if you have different opinions if you have similar opinions to myself and Rachel please don't hesitate to get in touch you can do that very easily via email which is cagedinpod at gmail.com or you can always find me on social media twitter facebook and instagram all at cagedinpod As we move into the new year, there's going to be plenty of ways that you can support the podcast if that's something that you want to do. I will be upping my game on Patreon, providing a lot more new content, whether that's interviews, early access to episodes, and little teases as to what is coming up in the new stage of Caged In. After this episode, there's only eight full episodes, only eight recent Nick Cage films left before I move on to something new and interesting which in the words of the guys at Sudden Double Deep would very much be a sizzle so listen to tomorrow's na- <laughs> listen to tomorrow's episode Let's hear a full trailer to where N- 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 caged in is going in the new year Uh, If you want to support the podcast by buying one of the prints, you're probably well behind the deadline to get it for Christmas. But yeah, you can head on over to cagedinpodcast.limitedrun.com to get one of the fantastic Tim Hornsby designed Superman caged in prints. The easiest way in which you can support the podcast is heading over to whichever podcast platform you're listening on if they have a rating and review system just leave a five star rating and a glowing review and make sure you subscribe apparently that is the one that means the most if you subscribe it jigs about the algorithm and more people can hear about this podcast more people can kind of join in this cage gang we've got going on so Yeah, if you could do that, that would be amazing. And um, if this is the last episode you listen to before Christmas, have a very Merry Christmas. If not, I'll catch you tomorrow for a very special Caged In Christmas Spectacular. Or if not, please do join me next week when I'll be joined by writer and comedian Chris Martin. No, not the lead singer of Coldplay to talk about a score to settle and i will tell you already this is a real doozy of a film and a real doozy of an episode so do be sure to catch that one next week as always guys i've been petrus passivus i've been caged in you've been amazing bye bye It's family.